Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 26 of Season 5 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki-yay our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Duncan Shields of Chronologically Speaking and a whole bunch of other things, but I'll let you, I'll <laughs> let him tell you what those are. Hello! Hi there, how you doing? I'm yeah, welcome back, back, Duncan. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you back this, this season. You're, you're, you're always a fun guest to... To, to have on and uh, we'll we'll see where things go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so episode 26 begins with the camera panning along a very long cable and ends with a Technofax. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So Friday we ended things with the, we get to see the bad guys setting up a shop in, in the church, soon to be daycare center, probably not. <laughs> and it, it, gets cut off after we see one of the guards looking like he's snoozing at the you know in the door but then things move along and we actually get to see uh a cable and it runs along the ground we see this cable all through the the fake snow you know as 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 we mentioned numerous times they had so much problems with the snow in every one of their locations that they made this movie so in just about every single place that you see snow it is fake you know I guess that's like uh, cornflakes or, you know, whatever it is that they use uh, back in 1990 to make fake snow. Not obsestus, but uh, they've, they've moved beyond obsestus by 1990. So now it's probably paper or something yeah, like that. Or what was that I heard? Uh, instant mashed potatoes. Yeah, but they need a crap load of, of uh, instant mashed potatoes to fill the yeah. whole area. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty cheap. I don't know. I wonder what they use these days. Yeah, because it needs to have weight so it does actually stay on the ground. But... That's right, and also you need to make it that it's that it's somewhat comfortable for the people who are around it. You know, if they're if they're walking yeah. and they're you know, and they're they're slipping and sliding when they shouldn't be, that could be a little bit of a problem. Yeah, yeah, I remember um, a cab driver I had once uh, was driving me around in the winter, and he was telling me a story of the. He moved here when he was like 26 or something, and he was originally from Jamaica. And so his first Christmas here was the first time he'd ever seen snow in his life. And it was very different from what he was used to because the only snow he'd seen up to that point was snow like in It's a Wonderful Life or any kind of fake TV movie snow. So when he uh, when he was here, he was like, whoa, it's different. It like you know, it sticks to your clothes and it's like wet and it's, you know, cold. And uh, so, yeah, I, I was just trying to figure out what that would be like to have not seen snow until well into your 20s and then comparing it to the fake snow you've seen in the movies. Because right. it does, it doesn't look the same, but it's kind of like you kind of just go with it. Right. That's true. No, so I just did a quick search and, and what you said is right. I mean, they use, uh, you know, painted cereal flakes bleached or painted cereal flakes uh gypsum they use paper they use cotton potato cotton, flakes. potato flakes yeah yeah and they, they have like these fake snow generators which cause like uh soapy white bubbles which disappear after a short time so i guess that uh, sort of makes things a little easier also if you use that <clears throat> i remember when the uh the winter olympics were held here in vancouver in 2010 and uh, the year before, we'd had record, 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 record snowfall that paralyzed the entire city because we don't get as much snow here as the rest of Canada. So we were like, this bodes well. And like 2009, 
record snowfall, 2010, no snow at all. Another record. Like, <laughs> it's just a record yeah, the other we got way. like zero snow in 2010. And so, but we were hosting the Winter Olympics. So we're like, ah, uh, there's literally no, no snow on the ski hills. Like, what do we do? So we had to truck in snow from Alberta and, uh, you know, get a bunch of snow generating machines and all this kind of stuff. It was, um, I, I think a lot of people probably uh, lost a few nights of sleep over over that. <laughs> we were like, come on, last year, why? I, I wonder if it uh, affected any of the, you know, any of the athletes. I imagine it must have affected some of the outcomes and some of the athletes for sure. Wow. They're like, damn, I've been training for this for years and now I have to use, you know, do it on, on trucked snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trucked icy snow when I yeah, been yeah. practicing in like five feet of powder, and now I've got it. Now I've got to deal with this ice rink of a ski hill. Well, yeah, anyway, they did. They did their best. That I'm sure they did. Um, and then, so the camera pans along this this uh, cable, and it runs from the church all the way to the junction box uh, that that's uh, you know in in the backyard, I guess you can say. It like splits up into a whole bunch of different also a whole bunch of different. Uh, cables along the way and we see one of the guys uh you know still trying to i guess open the uh you know the shed in order to it, it's really like really weird it you'd think that he'd be trying to splice it in but all he's doing is still trying to open it yeah you know they, they've been there a few hours you'd think they would have already opened it by now that, that would have been the first thing before you know before you do anything else open the shed yeah forget about laying laying the the the, the cables open the shed <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the shot changes and we, we see a pair of hands opening a package of Twinkies and then we hear the phone ringing and then we hear a voice say Powell here we hear John's voice on the other end and he goes take that Twinkie out of your mouth and grab a pencil <laughs> it goes to show he knows he knows his friend <laughs> Yeah, it's also uh, you know that uh, the the male razzing, the razzing, the, the hey hey hey, you know, just let's just just open with a well open with an insult, and it's a you know let's just burn each other for a while, and you know Powell has a sensible sensible chuckle. This right. must have been some uh, pretty pretty easy money for um, Reginald, Reginald Phil Johnson here. Yeah, because he he also he was already you know in Family Matters at this point, so you know he could only deal with with a cameo. Because yeah, of that. yeah. You know, I mean, his character. Uh, it would be really crazy to have both of his, both the characters in this movie. You know, transferring yeah. from L.A. But but still, you know, so the, he could just do like a little day call, day call cameo thing in a in a cop office at his convenience to be spliced into the movie. That's right. And apparently, yeah, it worked. <laughs> Family Matters was what started in '89. I think it started in '89. '89. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. in this, and Die Hard Two is 1990, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I've, I've told this story before, but, but I was at a taping of one of the very first episodes of Family Matters, and me and oh, all my awesome. friends that were there were, were screaming, you know, what's in those Twinkies? And he got a big chuckle. Out of it. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I remember I had uh, in the movie UHF with Weird Al, mm -hmm. it has a, a Twinkie sandwich, which is a Twinkie yes, with a hot dog. With a, hot dog and uh, spray cheese and then you dunk it in milk and i managed to source some spray cheese which was really hard to get and uh twinkies are kind of rare i thought they went out of business or went under but they're no. not they, they, no, they're no. still going and um yeah i had one and it was underwhelming 
It was uh, exactly <laughs> like you would expect, but uh, I'm glad I I'm glad I sated that curiosity. <laughs> it was still we keep you up at night after decades. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I have no desire to eat a hot dog with a Twinkie. No, no, and no. Uh, I it's it's not it's not worth the trek. But it did yeah it did put that curiosity to rest. But other than that, I'm not going to seek it out again. Yeah, I mean Al has an actually a very interesting statue on his desk. It, it looks like it looks like a baseball player, but he look he's holding a pen or a pencil instead of holding a bat, but he's also holding it in the wrong direction. Do you see what I'm talking about there? If you look at the yeah. second nine. Oh right, it's almost like uh. And it 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 looks like he's also it could be that he's missing an arm. <laughs> I think he's about to throw it. Like it looks like there's a little hippopotamus there too. Yes, is there is a little hippopotamus. Yes. But I think he's throwing. It's like he's throwing a javelin or he's holding a giant pencil. And the the kid kind of looks like a, a well, it looks kind of either an old timey baseball player or a newsie. It's almost like I think he's almost got a newspaper bag down there on his hip. Hmm. Ah, so, maybe. so if, uh, you know, if Powell was a journalist, this would look like a journalism award of some kind. But I don't I don't really know what what kind. Maybe, but I maybe. like that it's up in the up in the foreground. It's like that. Yeah. Uh, one thing I've realized during time bandits is you, you got to give depth to your shots. So have something snuggled up close to the camera and then have something far away. Yeah. And then you've got uh, you've got yourself a shot. That's right. They do a great job. With this them. is the this is the kind of shot that would make me say, uh, brought to you by Hostess Twinkies. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. And we see a whole bunch of like uh, documents also on the on on the the desk there. You know, he actually puts down the Twinkie in order to pick up the phone. So that that's pretty yeah. good. It's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> he doesn't continue eating. I mean, we'll we'll get to that a little later. You know how he stuffs one of them in his mouth, but but he's at this point he's putting it down. I guess because he didn't get it open yet completely. Yeah. You know, and then the, the the shot goes back to John, and we see John uh, next to the budget rent a car girl. Mm -hmm. He's talking on the phone to to Al, and he's got a paper in his hand. Also, remember on last week, fingerprinted Cochran. Yeah. But we we get a shot back in the the booth. And then we hear uh, Powell chuckle and when he knows who he is. Hey, John, how you doing? And then uh, John responds and goes, Holly stood me up, up, up a day. And I'm here alone in D.C. with my in-laws. Uh, <laughs> he's basically, basically commiserating the fact that he that he has to do that, you know. And then we get Powell's response. Hey, hey the old in-laws, huh? They do love their policemen's son-in-laws. I, I yeah, think it's a general thing. It's not just the policemen's son-in-laws. They they love all their son-in-laws the same way. <laughs> oh well, I couldn't I couldn't figure out if this was sarcasm or not. Oh, like, definitely. I, I He's was, being very sarcastic. Oh, okay. Because I thought there was like a flip happening. Because I was because at first I was like in-laws, am I right? You know, like it's that whole. Uh, you know, it's, it's 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 to me it's like 1950s humor, like you know, then my mother-in-law, you no, know, no, the whole no. audience is like, ooh, and and you know, it's like everybody, uh, you know, like the in-laws are just the worst, no matter which side of the family you come from, and uh, no one's good enough for my daughter, and, and right. so you're always putting up with that. But then he's like, uh, they sure love their police son-in-laws, and I'm like, oh, so they like them? No, I I I, I understand this to be complete sarcasm. Yeah, okay. That that that's my understanding of it. And then uh John then explains to him when he says, Listen now, what's the fax machine number there at the station? 
and then you know Al picks up a, a you know a piece of paper to check to see what the number is and goes uh five 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 three two one two. We got a good old five 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 number. That's right. Do do you know the history of the five 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 numbers? How that works? I know that it's a non-existent uh, area code that they used for movies, so you didn't accidentally put in somebody's actual phone number. That that's my understanding. Sorry, that's my understanding of it. That's okay. So the five 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 is is a North American numbering plan uh, code. That there are obviously ten thousand numbers within that system of five five five. And, you know, the it's they pretty much only use it for directory assistance. You know, directory assistance is whatever your area code is, and then 555-1212. Oh. Okay. Okay. That's the only real number that comes from a 555 number. Okay. Awesome. The, the rest of them are fictitious telephone numbers that are used in TV shows, movies, video games, and other media in order to basically try and prevent people from playing practical jokes or just bothering uh, people by calling their real numbers. Yeah. You know, so they, got they, a, you know, that's why the, the, the eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Well, we're going to get there. Uh, we're going to get there in a second. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. that's okay. That's okay. So the, the, the prefix, they started in the 1960s to use it oh. as, as fake numbers. Yeah. In the movie, the second time around in 1961, they used the number five, 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 three, four, eight, five. And then uh, a year later, in 1962, there was a movie called Panic in Year Zero, which used the number 555-2106. Okay, now in TV shows, what they did was in the 70s, they started saying, you know, Klondike 5. You know, because KL. That's how the, you know, you would, you would think of it as 555, just to make it sound as if it's not 555. You know, the, oh, the way okay. they used to do phone numbers was you would say there, there were words that we, you would use for the first uh, digits that you have to, instead of telling them 555, you'd say Klondike 5. So they know it's KL5. Because on oh, the phone, on the phone, that's the the, the, the letters that you'd use. Ah, okay. okay. I was wondering about that because in all those old movies, they're always like, call up, um, you know, I don't know. Rotten Edge eight five seven exactly it right, always, right. It exactly was always, it was it was a word and then three numbers and I was always I always thought that was like the region they were trying to call no that's just to the operator it, it's just really silly you just say the number instead of saying oh. that thing but okay you know huh. but uh, a lot of TV shows and movies beforehand used uh, either Q's or Z's because neither of them are you know are the digit are the numbers on on a on a oh, phone okay. So you'd sure. say you'd hear someone say like Quincy uh, twenty six or or Zebra uh, fifty seven or whatever it is, right. you know, because those are ah. not used on uh, regular phone numbers, right? Ah. So they I designated actually the numbers five 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 zero one zero zero to five 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 zero one nine nine. Okay, those are those are the numbers that can be used for fictional numbers. Now all the rest they left for actual you know people to use, but they in the end decided never to to open it, open that option. Okay. Okay. It's it's something that's used only in the in the in North America. So Gary Larson, the you know the creator of the Far Side, yeah. would would use it all the time, and he would write. He had a uh, in, in one of the things that had graffiti with a five 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 number that people could could call to to Satan. Okay. <laughs> Good old Gary Larson. That's right. There, there used to be a whole bunch of uh, 
of commercials that we do all use the same number, 555 mm -hmm. This is the same number that was used in the Rockford Files. That was Jim Rockford's uh, phone number. Ah, uh, yeah. One of the best opening theme songs of all time. There you go. <laughs> the, the Mod Squad also used it in an episode or two. And the movie that, that uses that same number is Ghostbusters for the commercial within the film. We're ready to believe you. That's right. Then the the movie, The Last Action Hero, makes fun yeah, of the whole 555 five issue. You know, yeah, where, yeah, where, yeah. where Danny, the kid, says to, to Schwarzenegger, says, come on, you know, of course it's fake. They're all 555 five, five numbers. And the response was, that's what they have area codes. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that movie was a pretty pretty high concept. I, I can't say it was one of my favorite movies, but the concept of it, you know, when they go to uh, I, I rewatched you know, it. I rewatched it a few months ago, and it just was so much fun revisiting it. Yeah, because yeah, very because fun. of what it does, it it just makes fun of you know the differences between movies, uh, fact and fiction. I guess you can say. Yeah, and it's almost like you know everybody's getting into the multiverse these days with like the Spider Verse and That's all these right. like mm -hmm. you know like Marvel and stuff. But that was kind of a proto multiverse where you've got this cop uh, station, this police station in the middle of every fictional universe that's ever been created. So you've got you know weird cyborg women cops from the future. You've got like cartoon animal cops, like every cop that's ever been in a film. That's this right. is their this is their police station, and that's pretty pretty wild uh, pretty wild conceptually yeah. for what is supposed to be just like a you know Arnold Schwarzenegger action vehicle kind of mixed with I guess with a dash of Purple Rose of Cairo thrown in there yeah. as well. Yeah, but this but is better, never, this is better than that, Purple yeah. Rose. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And I'll never see I'll never forget uh, Charles Dance like screaming in the alley. I have just killed somebody. <laughs> shut up. Like just yeah, shut up quiet you know like he's like this world's great I'm like wow i can do anything that was amazing that's right so um you brought up earlier about tommy two-tone song 8675309 you know jenny yeah and uh that actually caused a lot of problems because people would always try and call that number yeah you know, because so it, it is a real number can't... in many places so they they you know I, I don't think they really were getting to jenny but they were nope. you know, they were just they were getting Duncan or whoever it was, you know. Um, the the movie Bruce Almighty has a real number also seven seven six two three two three, which yeah. caused also a lot of problems because people were constantly calling that number trying to get in trying to find God. Sure. So Wilson Pickett wrote a song in nineteen sixty six called six three four five seven eight nine, which also caused a lot of problems with people calling it. But the the best one that I found here is there's a song called 7779311, which was uh, performed by The Time with uh, Des Dickerson, and it was his, his actual phone number. And he ended up having to change his number because so many people were calling him. Yeah, that's a, that's a real, that's a shortcut to being, yeah, needing to change your number super quick. Yeah. So basically in 1994, they changed the law that anyone can get a, 555 number if your local phone company agrees and most phone companies do not agree so it's very difficult to get it changed but you you can try you know theoretically if you if you, if you happen to want a 555 number for correct, some reason for some strange reason i, I don't know why anybody would want that but uh you know so i i as we were talking i just noticed something really interesting so before we talked about the fact that that 
Powell was opening a Twinkie, and he opens the package and then puts it down when he's picking up the phone. And as he's talking and he's looking over at the fax machine to get the number, you see him uh, then picking up a Twinkie and opening a Twinkie again. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Continuity. So on the one hand, it could be a continuity problem. On the other hand, it could be that he just forgot that he had opened one already and now he's opening a different one because he does have four in front of him. So, yeah. you know, we can't yeah. fault him completely on this one. No. He's just distracted. Or he likes to eat two at a time. It could be. It could be. And, you know, so so he gives over the, 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 the phone, phone number. John then relays it to uh the the budget girl mm -hmm. and uh you know I, what what i find really funny if in all movies it's always going to be 555 why don't they just tell them the last four digits yeah well that's also that's also destroying immersion as well you know <laughs> you gotta at least pretend that's right because like also he doesn't say the area code now we know that he's in la and john's in washington you know, but John uh, John doesn't even tell the 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 girl who's who's sending the facts. Okay, so it's area code whatever the area code is in L.A. five 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 three two one two. Everyone apparently knows what the area code is in L.A. Which I mean that, that that's you know common knowledge. Anyone working in the airport in in Washington must know that. You know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, John, it's funny how John like makes himself at home here with this phone. You know, like he pulls the cord over I her. Mean, this is something that like I, I want to get into in the last minute because I I am I have some real issues with the way he just sets up camp here. Uh, at fifty two, a second fifty two here. One of the one of the extras in the background. One of the copious amounts of extras in the background. Uh, looks straight at the camera here. You can see turns this old. Oh, old the guy with the, the guy with the mustache. Yeah, I got the mustache. Gives a quick glance to the literal camera there. Big, oh, wow. big you know, extra I, no no. I, oh wow, I I didn't even notice that. That's great. You know, yeah. he's he's like smiling at somebody, and then he looks over. Yeah. Yeah. It's a quick little glance. It's not. Uh, it's, it's he's not staring. Glance. He's not staring. No. So we got to give him a little no. credit for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's 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 uh, instinctual. Yeah. And then. And then John John says to him, I want to send you something. And then he says, excuse me, pulls the, the, the cord over her. And then and then uh, Powell says to him, you in faxes? This is a first. And he goes, Holly told me I should wake up and spell the 90s. <laughs> Which is a callback to, you know, minute five, you know, when they were talking about uh, technology. But. You know, it's just, uh, and then, you know, he gets into a conversation with, with the, with the budget girl as to like, which direction does it have to be? He goes this way. And she goes, no, that way. And he goes, wait, it's upside down. She goes, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. So she's, she's being very helpful. We'll find out later this week why she's being so helpful, but she's being very helpful. <laughs> yeah. And you can see that the, the company of the fax machine that they're using is a Sanyo, uh, fax machine. Oh yeah, so okay. it is. Are, are, are you familiar with Sanyo at all? Uh, the name rings a bell. I, I think I've seen some Sanyo watches or calculators or something. I, I believe they're out of Japan, but I don't. They never sort of achieved the the same heights as like uh, you know Yamaha or Sony or anything like that. Right. So okay, I wonder I mean, if uh, they got they got 
absorbed or if they're still going or I'm not sure. Okay, so the the, the company was founded in 1947 in uh, in in Japan. Yeah, um, 47. All right. 1947, yeah. And uh, in 2009, Panasonic basically bought them out. Okay. And then eventually, two years later, uh, they actually absorbed them. You know, for a few oh, years, okay. they were they were still running them as annual. Now, for me, when I was going through this, this doing doing the, the research on Zenio, I, I was looking at some of the products, and it just reminded me, I used to have uh, like a Sanyo, actually, I probably had a few of them, like, I, I don't know if you want to call them ghetto blasters, but radios, you know, those, yeah. you know, back when you listen to, to tapes, you know, I would listen to tapes back in the late 80s, and I remember having, and it was a Sanyo uh, boombox, I guess you could say. Yeah, 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 a, a portable personal stereo. There you go. I, uh, I like the... Um... That's right. I do remember them on uh, on audio equipment. I yeah. Sanyo on audio equipment. Yeah. Now, do you know what the, the name Sanyo means? Are you, nope. Do you know Jap- Japanese at all? Remember? I am uh, far from fluent. Okay. Uh, I'm even further probably. And <laughs> it, it actually uh, means three oceans. What would be your guess as to why oh, they yeah, would yeah. call it three oceans? Itchy, itchy me, San. Yeah, San. Yeah, Sanyo. Yo, eh? All right. Uh, very piratey. Very piratey to have yo be a mean ocean. Yes. Uh, san, San. Well, they don't say yo ho ho. No, <laughs> no. It's just, just the first, just the first. So, what do we got there? Three oceans. Three oceans. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know. Japan's not situated at the crux of three oceans, so I don't know. Yeah. So it was, it was referring to the. Their, their ambition to sell products worldwide across the Atlantic, Pacific, and Indian Oceans. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's good. Good little ambitious name there. Yes. And your, I mean, your, mission, your, your mission statements in the name of your company. It's good. Right. And, and they, they managed to do it. You know, that, that's what's even more amazing. You know, I mean, this, this was a multi-million dollar company or a billion dollar company, uh, you know, that, that lasted for, for was it, 70 years? That, that already says something about it. That's uh, not a failure at all. That's a very uh, strong, six, sorry, six, strong kick six, of the six, Wait, if it was 1947, so 62 years. Okay. All right. I was, 47 to 2009. 2009? All right, you're going all the way. Okay. Yeah, 2009. Um, and that's pretty much how this minute ends. You know, we, we, we get to see the facts being taken. Are you going to get into the, the history of the fax machine, or are you going to save that for a different I've already different done that, time? actually. I did it. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, we've already done it. And is there something you want to talk about it? Well, I just, uh, the stuff I managed to dig up was I was deeply surprised to find that the first, technically the first fax was sent in uh, 1950s. 1840s. Oh, no, sorry. Right, right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. 1843 by Alexander Bain. But it was uh, like sinking pendulums to draw images on a cylinder, like kind of a super primitive line matrix printer. And then um, 30 years later, the phone was patented. So the fax predates the phone or like the electric phone by a by a mile like I did not see that coming at all. And then but I mean, the cans and string phone was invented in like 1667 or something like that, because that's if if you want to call that invented. But, uh, you know, that's that's the way I got. But then like the phone itself has got you know, 19 claim and counterclaim, you know, 
all the there was a lot of wrestling it was but it was yeah graham bell who patented the actual telephone in 76 but yeah yeah you've got all these all these different things that sort of wound up becoming what we know as a fax machine correct right because first they needed to change range and then telephotography and then you know printing and then wireless uh and then color and it was it's like a phone but it's not a phone it's like a phone but it's for pictures and you remember that bit in um almost famous i'm gonna send it to you by fax it's super quick two minutes a page you know (laughs) wow you know the future that we live in is amazing well come on you you and i know what what it was like uh you know trying to dial up uh you know back in the late 80s mid 80s yeah you know everybody remembers the remembers the sound that that's right that's right all you do is watch war games and you can hear it you know over and over yeah well people still use faxes here now a little bit like some government organizations will um still require a fax because they're the they're the slowest to change i find but um yeah it's been a long time since i've been asked to use one but i was asked to use one i think for my taxes like two years ago and i was like what how like i'm like right. where do i how how does one are there fax machines in there i'm like so <laughs> and I, I googled it and there was like a like a fedex you know, branch or, or a post office or something like that that still offered it as a as a service. So I was like, oh, well. okay, it was and it was like <laughs> taking a time machine to walk into a place and use a use a fax machine with a cover page and all this stuff. I'm like, wow, I'm getting flashbacks to 15 years ago or That's whatever. Right. My 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 it. office actually we did renovations about a year ago, and when they did the renovations, everyone forgot the fact that we had a fax machine that we that was in use. And yeah. you know when they redid all the the phone jacks and things like that, they they actually they they changed all the phones to to go through the computers, so there are no phone jacks anymore. And there was just no right. way, you know. Then then when when we finished the renovation, so you know someone said, okay, let's hook up the fax, and they couldn't figure out, you know, that no one thought <laughs> beforehand that. So now we don't have a fax. <laughs> nope. Um, yeah. So you have anything else before we get into the script? Uh, just what do you think the 90s would smell like? <laughs> if you're going to wake up and smell the 90s, would it smell like Jazzercise or was that more of an 80s thing? I don't know, but again, this was this was early 1990, so the 1990s. Oh, so. so we got grunge and gangster rap haven't really taken over yet, right? If we're talking early. No, this is 1990. No, no this is 1990. So this is still... Like any turn of the century year, it's still quasi eighties at this point. Yeah. I mean so, again, they started uh, filming yeah. this they started filming this in November eighty nine. So, you know, I don't know when this particular scene was was uh was filmed. But the idea is, you know, <laughs> it's very early in the nineties. I think well, a big part of this uh, a big part of this movie is talking about the war the war on drugs. Yes. The, the, the war against cocaine. So I'm I'm gonna say nineteen ninety probably still smells a lot like cocaine not quite as much as 87 or 88 <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know i don't know hard to say something to think about listeners what what would the what would the 90s smell like to you the early 90s uh, grunge yeah. i can picture grunge grunge i can smell a mosh pit grunge grunge you have another year or two till, till that starts yeah, yeah. up you know which, which is closer uh, to your area you know seattle vancouver you know that yeah area. that's right that's right yeah yeah 
So yeah, the script has a few little changes here. Not, nothing, nothing major, but just a few little things. First of all, John is a little more polite to this this uh, rent a girl, you know, the budget rent a girl, because he says, "Excuse me, honey, can I borrow your office for a minute?" Uh, yeah, well, uh, again, that's good. at least he asks in the script. That's, that's right. I, I, I'm glad they cut it out. It doesn't matter. And then it shows yeah. in LAPD office. The office he's in shows us that Al Powell has moved up in the world. The Twinkies have moved up along with him. Powell swallowing and answering the phone. Records. Sergeant Powell. Records. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's good. I'm I'm sorry they cut that because I was just like, what what are you now, Powell? Where right. are you? What's and it happening? actually makes sense then that John will get in touch with him to to get yeah. his dossier. You know. Um, then most of the dialogue is the same. And then he asks Al for the the fax number, and Powell goes five five zero three two one two. This is a first. Yeah, well, my wife's company makes them. I figured it's time to get one of them pregnant. <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from. What the heck? That, I yeah, don't even understand that. That is very strange. <laughs> don't know. Um, and then it says the fax starts to leave McLean. Voila. It's it's already arriving at Powell's office. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that pregnant line is just a little strange. Uh, I'm very glad they cut I, that out. It would have been nice yeah, if they do mention the fact that my wife's company makes them. Okay, that that would make sense, but you know, yeah. <laughs> All right, so every Monday we have a segment called McLean Monday, where my guests will give their top five Bruce Willis performances. So, what have you got for us, Duncan? Start with your number five and work your way up. So number five, I would probably put in uh, Hudson Hawk because I really, really enjoyed Hudson Hawk and I love it. But I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody that it's a good movie. I'm just saying it's a tremendously fun film. I think it got the unfairly maligned because of its ad campaign the ad campaign was all if you like die hard you'll love hudson hawk and i was like nope no you won't actually that's right. if you like die hard you'll hate <laughs> hudson hawk they're not remotely the same film well they just they they have uh bruce wilson that that's the they do they do they do technically they both star uh the same person uh and then uh number four i guess would be the fifth element uh, I'm still uh, to this day go negative. I am a meat popsicle um, once in a while. I love his his performance in it. It's like I know you daffy bastard when he's like talking about all that stuff. I, I Fifth Element's one of those films that takes a turn about halfway through for me, where I was like, nah, I don't really like where this is headed. But the first uh, first <laughs> the, two the, thirds. The effects in that movie are unbelievable. And in the theater? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I remember seeing it in the theater. I was like. The effects are they're dated now, but man, when that came out, when Lilu Lump jumps off the wall into the into the flying traffic, it's like the whole theater held their breath. Amazing. Uh, let's see, and then number three, uh, Pulp Fiction, I think, when he's um, you know, what was it, Bruno? Yeah, Bruno, the the retired boxer who's supposed to take a fall, but he doesn't. And Zed's dead, baby Zed's dead, and I'm from America, honey. Our names don't mean shit, you know, or whatever. Is it Bruno? I don't think his name is Bruno. Um, no, no, his no, his real life nickname is Bruno. Oh, Gosh, right, right. His, uh, Well, I forget what his uh, I forget what his fighter's butch, name is. Butch, so butch, 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 butch. That's butch. Right, butch. Um, I I remember that. Oh, good. I'm glad. I didn't have to look that up. 
Oh, good. Excellent. Bravo. And then, uh, yeah, number two is probably Unbreakable. I really enjoyed him in Unbreakable. I liked his uh, restrained performance in that one. And then number one would have to be The Sixth Sense, which was still a, a wonderful experience to, to see in the theater. Because I did not... There's two, two movies, Usual Suspects and The Sixth Sense, were two movies where... I like the penny dropped for me when it was supposed to. Like it, the penny dropped for me when the when the movie said, "Guess what?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> you know, like a good a good amount of the time, I, I you know, like a lot of people, I figured these things out beforehand or whatever. But yeah. those those were two times where I did not, and I was just like, "Whoa!" The usual suspect oh I didn't figure out, but but the sixth sense I did. <laughs> I figured sixth out the sixth sense halfway through. And I was sitting there watching it with friends, and I basically we were watching two completely different movies because I yeah, already yeah. knew, you know, the knew. the next day. Yeah, I had an inkling that like when they were at the kid's birthday party, and the kid brings out uh, uh, the the box with the videotape in it with the, the proof of the, the murder of the child or whatever that's been, you know, given to Haley by the by the ghost of the dead kid under the bed. No one at the party is asking Bruce Willis, is this your kid? You know, and I was like, <laughs> how come nobody's talking to him like at all? But that's that's as far as I got. Yeah. OK. I that's didn't, fair. I didn't make a friend really. Uh, I do a couple other notes here. I just want to say I was shocked to find out that Blind Date was before Moonlighting. Yes. I thought Blind, I thought Blind Date was like off the back of the success of Moonlighting. I thought that was like, a, hey, you're funny. Let's put you in a funny. <laughs> it came out at the same they, time. Yeah, I was really didn't know that, but I also want to give an honorable mention to the jackal because mm. there's a there's a there's a man on man love scene in the jackal where Bruce just completely makes out with one of the marks that he later kills, but he's um that was a, a graphic uh, two dudes kissing, which from an action star is uh, and and not having it done for laughs like it's it's one thing and like you know dude where's my car when like you know stifler and aston kutcher you know make out for laughs or whatever that's that's different this was like uh, a passionate embrace yeah you know and it turns out to be a lie and he kills the guy later so i guess that's kind of part of what what made it possible for for an action star to do but i was like uh i thought that was really courageous at the time because that was always back now so yeah okay very cool all right so duncan you want to tell people where they can find uh duncan shields uh, Tronologicallyspeaking.com, or just go to buy Duncan Shields on Instagram, or uh, you know the the dwindling fires of Facebook or Twitter, and uh, I don't know, just take a look for me and say hi, or you know, see some of my poetry if you put in Duncan Shields poetry in uh, YouTube, or you know, whatever. I'm around. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, or you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. So until tomorrow, yippee kaye. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, or you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. So until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. Oh, that was really stupid. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my yeah, god. That just wow, that just like came out. Okay. <laughs> and finding me is very simple. <laughs>
Crumbs and salty air. Quaint little villages. Here 